Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Dodger fan, let me ask you the same question that I asked you 48 hours ago. How you living right now? Because I know how you were living last night. I already know the answer to that. You were showing up for a funeral. Do not tell me you weren't. You were expecting Atlanta to close it out last night. You were hitting this series with the equivalent of taillights in the background of Kirk Gibson's home run. I know you were. I saw the ticket prices on the secondary market. Instead of showing up in the third inning, you were showing up in the fifth inning. Instead of leaving in the seventh inning, you were leaving in the sixth inning. You could practically walk into the stadium last night. And I understand why you felt that way. I understand, aside from being the front runners that we are, I understand why you were bailing on the series. Man, it did not look good. Atlanta had just punked you in game four. They were up three games to one. They had their ace on the bump, and L.A. was going with a bullpen game. And given how terribly... The Dodgers have hit all postseason long. Of course you were chucking it in. You were already shifting mentally over to the Lakers and the Rams and the Chargers. However, there was one thing you did not factor in. You did not count on Chris Taylor. Chris Armand Taylor Jr., a.k.a. CT3, a.k.a. the season saver. The guy you all want to talk about, and I'll talk about him, just not for the reasons you want me to talk about him. I'm going to talk about this guy because he's a stud. He's clutch as hell. This guy really is Mr. October. This guy really is the straw that stirs the drink. I really half expected this guy. If he didn't have the personality that he has, nothing against his personality. He's just not wired for it. But if you were anything like Reggie Jackson, he would have been up there saying things like Reggie Jackson used to say. Like, sometimes I don't even understand the magnitude of me. Like, Reggie would say things like that and mean it, and it was awesome. I am the straw that stirs the drink. Sometimes I don't even understand the magnitude of me. That's Taylor, man. This is a guy who had been playing left field and center field in the postseason. Then he moves over to third base, and he hits three bombs. Like, because why the hell not? The guy who had three home runs in August and September combined had three in his first four at-bats last night. So let me hit you with a trio of names you probably thought you'd never hear in succession. Babe Ruth, Reggie Jackson, Chris Taylor. And I'm here to tell you, This dude may have been more clutch than the Fat Bambino, than Mr. October. Because while he's not the first guy to have three home runs in a postseason game, he is the first guy to have three in an elimination game. Let's be clear. If you hit Dodger fan with truth serum, last night was not an elimination game. It was a mere formality. As Dodger fan, they were already eliminated. It was about saying goodbye That's what it was. It was about saying goodbye to some great Dodger players. It was about possibly the end of a great Dodger era. Because let's be real, L.A. was done. They were dead on arrival, especially after they started that game by giving up a two-run bomb to Freddie Freeman and Joe Kelly left the game with an injury. At that point, you're down 2-0 in a bullpen game, and you're having your first pitcher not even make it out of the first inning. 
At that point, how are you not thinking, nerds, 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 nerds? Like, literally, that was the worst thing that could have happened. The worst way to start that day. The worst way to start that game. And the nerds were getting annihilated. When Freeman's ball landed, it wasn't even like a matter of the fat lady singing. She wasn't. That It was Dirk reaching for the mic and shouting, Shut it down! Let's go home! Except Chris Taylor would not allow it. Neither would A.J. Pollock. Do not sleep on this dude because he had a couple of home runs of his own, including this one in the second. Here's a shot to left. Well hit on its way, and Pollock has hit it out. A.J. Pollock's first home run of the postseason. The Dodgers are on the board. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, man. That's Dodgers radio. That, that was such an enormous moment, such an enormous win, such an enormous night. And not for Dodger Jim, because Dodger Jim does not exist. Certainly for Dodger Jano. Now, the funny thing about Dodger Jano, Dodger Jano does not know that she exists. Dodger Jim does not exist. Dodger Jano does exist, but doesn't know she exists. She doesn't know you're all up in my mentions about her. She doesn't even know that it's a thing. I haven't told her yet. And Dodger Jano is not spending a lot of time bumping around Twitter. But let me tell you how big last night was. So big that I digress. You know, sometimes I say to you for the right thing, I'll crack this format wide open. I'll bust open the format. I'll do something I would never ordinarily do. Now is one of those times. I'm just going with it. So, like, I've got these thoughts that I want to get to you about the Dodgers. And I'm on a roll. And I'm feeling it. But then I look over at my call screen. And because last night was a transcendent moment. You know how you never jack with the open. Don't jack with the Rome open. Every day, I have an open. I'm going to hit you hard right off the top. However, given the magnitude of that victory last night, I think I'll interrupt the open. And I think I'll take a telephone call. And do you know why that is? I would only do it for one reason. Because it's going to make it better. I always say that. I'll take your telephone call if you can make it better. This guy can make it better. What this guy has to say about what happened last night is probably better than what I have to say about what happened last night. So I'm going to break this format wide open on a Friday. I interrupt these thoughts and my flow on the Dodgers to go to the phones. Let's go to L.A. Matt in L.A. Dodger Matt, what's up, brother? Brother. Romy, you know what's up, baby. We're about to go to Atlanta, take care of business. Man, the offense finally woke up. I was at Chavez Ravine last night. It was electric. There wasn't no Dutch boy Bob Horner coming out there. There wasn't no Dale Murphy or Bob Walk, original Raft Fam member. No, it was CT3, newest member of the Raft Fam, coming in handling business. For the Dodgers, for Dodger Jim, for Matt in L.A., for Silk Bra, for all of us, man. Hey, and this ain't over. It's like the amazing Mets from 69. you got to believe. And that's what I'm telling you, Jungle family, all of you guys. You can hate me. You can love me. 
but it's on, and I will be calling with a World Series call on Monday. War Ray Craig panhandling at Dodger Stadium. Outro. Rack him. Let me talk to you about this guy for a Rack minute. Him. Not only did I bust open the format for this guy, anybody who knows anything about this show knows that there's no way I'm taking a telephone call in the opening segment. And if I ever did, there is no way that person would be ready. There's no way Matt in L.A. for one second thought that I was going to bust open the opening segment to get to him. Matt and Ellie in the back of his mind might have even been thinking, Rome's not even going to take my phone call today. He'll put me out here three hours. So I do the unthinkable. I bust open the middle of the opening segment and I go to this guy and he doesn't blink. He doesn't flinch. He doesn't hesitate. Right on cue. Bam! So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rack that call. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to give that guy a golden ticket. Hell yes, Matt. Dodger Matt. Getting on the air. Getting racked. Getting a golden ticket. There you go. It's not a matter of getting ready. You stay ready. Like Dodger Matt. 1-800-636-8686. He didn't panic. He didn't drop the phone. He didn't flinch. He didn't blink. He didn't hesitate. At go time, he went, man. It's like Chris Taylor. Like, I'm no analytics nerd. Good job, Matt. Well done. And I don't care how pissed you all are. My show. My stack of golden tickets. That guy came in. Ready to roll. Hey, clones, what do we want when we are craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars or sugary snacks, not even energy drinks, no. You know what we want? Beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Look for it in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? I don't know. Again, I'm not an analytics nerd. Not where I live, not what I do. But it sure feels like every single time Chris Taylor gets up there, when it matters most on the biggest stage, he comes through. It seems like this guy, every time he gets up in October, comes up with a really clutch hit. He's had eight hits, or he had eight hits, in the final five weeks of the regular season. Listen to me on this. Eight hits in the final five weeks of the regular season, but nine hits in this series. Every time they need something, that's the guy who's up. And he comes up in the third with two runners on. What happened then? 
First and third, one out. And Taylor, little flare. Oh, he's on the run, can't get it. Base hit in the score, Pollock. Chris Taylor drives in his third run of the game. 4-2 Dodgers in the third. The dude just finds a way to get it done, fam. About the fifth with one on. 4-2 Dodger lead. Taylor in the air to center field. That ball's on the barrel. That ball is deep, and she is gone. Chris Taylor, a two-run home run. 6-2 Dodgers. And game five is Chris Taylor's game. My man is on the base path. Just going round and round. It's a freaking merry-go-round. Then in the seventh, when there were two outs and nobody on, the ATL had to be thinking, man, there's no way this dude can hurt us again. There's no way we go round and round again. And then that's exactly what happened. 2-2. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Have yourself a night, CT3. This cat is ice cold. Ice. I'm not even sure he's got a pulse. And that's not just some dude in a studio saying that. That's not even Dodger Matt, golden ticket recipient, saying that. That is AJ Pollock who said it. The only thing that excites him I've seen is uh, he likes to have a beer. He likes to have a beer. He's excited about that. Beer <laughs> boys. And then he, um, he loves watching surfing. Only two things that really, maybe the three home runs today might have spiked his uh, <laughs> adrenaline, but probably not. Most likely just the beer and watching surfing. Check this dude. Just wants to have a beer. Just wants to have a beer with the boys and watch some surfing. That's what that dude lives for. Hitting three home runs in a postseason game. Yeah, that's aight. That's aight. Oh, you got something on tap? Can we turn on the U.S. Open to surfing? I mean, let's be real. Nothing about that made sense last night. Max Freed had not lost a game since July. His ERA over the past three months was less than a buck and a half. The Dodgers worked him and then shut down Atlanta's bats with a bullpen game. Nothing about last night made sense. Yet here we are. Here the bleep we are. Here we are. Here the f- we Not only did Dodger Matt interrupt my open, he made the show better. Outro. Not only did he make the show better, he got racked. Not only did he get racked, he got a golden ticket. Not only did he get a golden ticket, he is now officially invited to the biggest day of the year. The Smack Off. The Smack Off. Next year. And no morons. He did not put down his channel locks and jump out from underneath the kitchen sink and finish that call. And if, in fact, he did... It was seamless as bleep, so he gets even more credit. For real. Why you got to hate? Because this guy did something that 99.999% of you could never, ever do. He got me to interrupt my open the day after a big game. And he got himself a golden ticket. The thing that seemed impossible. Do you believe in miracles? Matt in L.A.? Like I said, I never had any need for that song at all. And I do love L.A. And I was born in L.A. All of a sudden, I'm starting to like that song. Still not Dodger Jim. 
But there is Dodger Jano, even if she doesn't know it. So now we go back to Atlanta. I'm not saying... Wow, we are heavy, huh, Albie? I'm not saying the Dodgers come back and win that series. I'm saying that if the city of Atlanta has another team, and it's this team, the same team that has told you so many times how different they are, if they pull off another catastrophic choke, I mean, no words at that point. They had best not choke again. How many chokes can one city have? You have two chances to win one game. Actually, you had three. If you let L.A. come into your house and rip game six and game seven and you choke again. I don't even know what to say. Like, that can't happen. And I'm not even saying it will happen. What I am saying is it best not happen, chokers. All right, so let's talk some money for a minute. When you want to find great rates, organize your finances, or just make more intelligent money decisions, where do you go? LendingTree. That's where. Because LendingTree is here for you. With the LendingTree app, you can see all your bank accounts at a glance so you can better understand your spending and saving and build a budget that works for you. Plus, you can monitor your credit score, explore ways to improve your credit, and get automatic alerts to protect your identity. You're starting to get a sense Lending Tree can help you with a lot of different things. Lending Tree can help make sure that you're getting your best deal on loans, insurance, credit cards, and more through their wide network of banks and lenders. Also, Lending Tree gives you personalized tips and insights to help you save money and reach your financial dreams. So whether you want to pay off debt, buy a home, build credit, or just make things a little easier, Lending Tree has your back for all your short and long-term goals. There are no subscriptions, no fees, no hassle, just easy, honest, straightforward support to make the most of your money and achieve greater financial health. So download the free LendingTree app right now and get started and see why thousands of people turn to LendingTree every single day for smarter, easier finances. Terms and conditions may apply. NMLS number 1136. Alex Highsmith joins us for a few moments. Alex, good to have you on. How are you? Doing good, Jim. How are you? Good, dude. Good. Good to have you back. You had that huge game in the win over Seattle. Let me jump right into it. Seven tackles. You had a sack and a half. The hits on the quarterback. How good did it feel for you to come through the way you did when your team absolutely had to have it? It felt good. You know, um, I know that you know, for the first few games of the season, I wasn't, you know, playing up to my potential and how I know I could play. And so this is just, you know, a big game for me. You know, it's something I just want to, you know, keep building off, you know, I know that I can go there and produce like that. And so I just want to just continue to build off of that. I think, Alex, you're not saying it, but when you say that you weren't playing up to potential, you've actually been kind of banged up a little bit dealing with a groin injury. When you have a game like the one you had against Seattle, you get some time to rest up right now. Do you feel like you're primed to break out and have a dominant rest of the season? Does it feel like that's there? That's that's what I'm planning to do. You know, this is going to, you know, this bye week, you know, is nice. You know, you get, get to, you know, just rest the body, you know, just let you know, I want that going. You know, I've been feeling really good the past couple of weeks. You know, for really to get some more rest on, it's going to be awesome. And so, you know, I'm excited for these next uh, last 11 games. You know, it starts with uh, the, the Cleveland game next week. We're talking to Alex Highsmith. So when you're working on one side and you've got T.J. Watt working on the other side, how dangerous can that combination be? I feel like it can be. You know, if I can, you know, you know produce like he does, you know, he's, he's the best, you know, what he does in, in the world. And so it's awesome, you know, to be able to, 
to work with a guy like that. You know, last year I talked a lot about uh, coming in with TJ and Bud and just being able to work with both of them. You know, that was that was really awesome. And so it's cool to be able to work with him and uh, and Cam as well. And so um, and, and Chris Fleming, we're excited to have two of back as well. So I'm just excited, you know, for so just just the potential that we have, you know, as a, as a D-line unit. And so it's just going to continue to get better throughout, throughout the year. And let me add one more layer to it. It's not just the guys you mentioned. What about Melvin Ingram? So when yes, you sir. and T.J. Watt, right, Melvin are on the field at the same time, mm-hmm. what's it like having three pass rushers on the field at the same time? That's great. You know, Melvin has been great you know, ever since he came in. And so I'm just thankful, you know, for, for what he's taught me. You know, he's taught me so much. And it's, it's pretty cool because we're both from, you know, the same area. We're both from the 9 North Carolina. So, uh, you know, we, we can relate to a lot of stuff. So it's been great, you know, being able to learn from him. And so uh, I'm just uh, excited to continue to do that. Alex Highsmith is joining us. You know, Alex, obviously there are certain teams and certain positions within those teams that have so much history and so much tradition. What's it mean to you to play outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers? How much does the tradition and the history mean to you? I mean so much. You know, it's, it's you know, I didn't grow up a Steelers fan growing up. I was I was more of a Panthers fan, you know, growing up in North Carolina. And so um, it was awesome, you know, being able to be drafted by the Steelers and just being able to come to a team that has so much history, you know, especially at the outside linebacker position. So, you know, I hope that I can uh, just produce like, you know, those guys have in the past. And so um, it's, it's, just, it's just a blessing to be able to play for this team. You know, there's so much tradition and so much history and so much continuity. When the team drafted you, for instance, Mike Tomlin was talking about the fact that in the AFC North, you're facing three Heisman-winning quarterbacks, quote, so we have to employ people to hunt those guys, end of quote. I'm curious, what's been the biggest difference between getting after the quarterback in college and doing it in this division? Yeah, um, you know, it's just like you said, you know, those are three Heisman quarterbacks, you know, that we had to get after. You know, the thing is, you know, about all of them, all three of them, you know, are mobile. You know, of course, you know, Lamar's the, the most dangerous, you know, when it comes to moving around the pocket, you know, escaping the pocket. But, you know, all three were mobile. And so that's what makes it a challenge as well. You know, you got to be consistent in your rush lanes, uh, you know, so that they can't get out the pocket and, you know, extend plays and, and make throws. That's what Baker and, and uh, Joe are good at as well. So this is really just about containing them, you know, just being – disciplining your rush lanes, it really starts to work with working together, you know, with everybody, you know, if all the guys are, if all of us are just running out the field and no one's pushing the pocket, you know, guys are just going to step up and take off. And so it just really starts with working together, you know, as a unit. We're talking to Alex Highsmith. Alex, what about Mike, Mike Tomlin? For instance, he won't really show us, you know, the public, the fans, the media, exactly who or what he's about, but the players obviously have great respect for him. They go hard for him. They play hard for him. What's he like as a leader and a motivator? He's great. You know, he's, one of the best coaches that I've ever been able to play for, and so I just think you know that he's um, I'm able to learn from him, and so I mean, he, he, he's great. I, I just he, like I said, you know, he, he motivates us. He he's just made, wants the wants the best out of us, and so I'm just thankful to be able to, to learn and, and play for him. Right, so let me finally ask you, you are using this time to get right. I know this. You've got some time off, but you're already thinking about Cleveland. That's October 31st. What are your early thoughts about mm-hmm. that matchup? Big time matchup. It's gonna be, early thoughts. It's going to yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited for it. I mean, you know, my fiance and her whole family, um, they're they're all Browns fans, um, so they're they're all gonna be there and so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a hostile environment. But I like those guys. I like the games, you know, where, where you come in and you know and the fans start booing you and so it's it's gonna be an exciting game and I just can't wait for it. Just that the whole atmosphere is just gonna be rocking. I love that. Really quickly, Alex, what's it like when you go in there like fifty three or seventy five, whatever the number you want to say, seventy five against seventy five thousand. What kind of a mindset does that take? <laughs> uh it's just really you know, it's, it's we all it's we all we got. You know, we are all that we have and so we just gotta go in there as a unit and 
we know that a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to be in there as well, so they're going to be rooting us on. But it's different um, instead at, at a Browns game. You know, most of the fans are they are Browns fans, whereas last year you know we went to some games where it was more Steelers fans than the, than the opposing team fans. So uh, we're, we're excited for this challenge. It's just it's such, such a good rivalry. I'm just you know excited to be a part of it. It's an amazing rivalry. Can't wait to see that October 31st. Alex Highsmith is a linebacker for the Steelers. Alex, great to have you back, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Have a good one. All right, time for another edition of the Big Head Bets. We do it every single Friday with Big Head James Kelly. Now, the fact is, he is not articulate. In fact, he's barely literate. But he has a gigantic head and is practically a savant in the way he picks games. Now, do not get this twisted. Betting the NFL is near impossible at this point, especially against the spread. Even the pros struggle with it. But I'm here to tell you, He may not have an exact title per se, a professional title per se, but I'm going to tell you, I will put the head, head to head, against some of the very best that do it, the best of the best. And I know the people who get down with us, who track this sort of thing, know that we are really, really good at it. I'm not saying we're perfect. Nobody is. I'm saying that what we have to offer you is damn good. Good entertainment, good info, and good picks. There is your Friday setup. Head, what's cracking? How you doing, man? Gladiator, bar none, number oh, one. Gladiator. Gym. Gladiator. Where do you yes. come out? How come? Maximus. All of it. It's incredible. Oh, the entire movie, the fight scenes, the acting. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, Maximus has kind of gained a little weight since then, but then, <laughs> at that time, it's incredible. Yeah, he, he's also said some pretty regrettable things. He's done some pretty regrettable things. He's had a, a rather regrettable amount of weight gain. That's right. Great movie, though, man. Great movie. Darius. How about our guy Darius, man? He's nice, huh? Dude, smart, funny, cool guy, and uh, I love his breakdowns on Twitter. I actually watched it right before you had him on, and it's just very good insight for a lot of people that don't understand how the games work. He does a good job of all of it. So yeah, You do, though, Head. Let's get right to it. Right off the top, I want to say there are, okay, clones, get ready. We're going to break this thing down. Get your pens out. I want to say, Head, there are some insane NFL spreads this weekend. Crazy numbers that you ordinarily would never see in the NFL. So I'm kind of hyped to see how you're going to play it. Why don't we start with the Cards and the Texans? Arizona is the last remaining unbeaten team. They're 6-0. and Come Sunday, they will be 7-0. and The Texans have one win, and they are ass. We know that, too. Here is the question, Head. What is the fat number that you were seeing on that? And is there any way that you would take the Texans and them to stay within that fat number? The number is 17 and a half. And hell dude, no, dude, stop right there. Yep. 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Arizona at home against the Texans. And Jim, I'm riding with the Cardinals here. Hmm. Yeah. The concern is after the way they handled Mm. Cleveland, this could be a bit of a trap game, but Cliff's track record doesn't show a lack of focus recently. He is 5-1-1 in his last seven games against the spread after allowing less than 15 points in the previous game, so I like that here. And I just don't think Houston can hang with the cards from the go. Arizona all season, they start fast. They are second in the NFL in first quarter points. If they get out quickly and they make the Texans one-dimensional, Watch out because Houston's offensive line is extremely bad in pass pro, and they are missing their two best player blockers there. Also, J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins might be a touch motivated here. 
And this is the second biggest spread of the season, Jim. The biggest was the Texans plus 18 and a half against the Buffalo Bills week four, and they lost 40 to nothing there. I'm hoping they embrace that same inner ass this Sunday. Let's go cards minus 17 and a half. Wow, embrace that same inner ass. When they were minus 18 right. and a half, there was a part of me that thought maybe there's no way. Hey, yeah, nah, you make a really good argument. <laughs> Arizona minus 17 and a half, and especially if the Texans embrace their, quote, inner ass. That's right. That is not the only double-digit line. The Bears are expected to get their faces broken in Tampa on Sunday, understandably so. Now, the Bucks are flawed on the back end, but for the most part, they are a well-oiled machine, especially offensively. Do you think the Bears, I will say this, I mean, in their defense, I expect them to get on the airplane, get off the airplane, and show up at the yard. Will they, quote, embrace their own inner ass? What is the number? How you playing it? I'm hoping they are. Tampa minus 12 at home is the number, Jim, and I'm laying the 12 and going the Bucks. so I hope they do. Like you mentioned, though, um, Against Tampa, you have to throw the football, right, and attack that secondary. The Bears do not throw the football. Only the Saints have fewer attempts this season than Chicago does in uh, attempts per game. So Justin Field is going to be asked to do something he hasn't done, and that could lead to some turnovers. It's very Dodgers-like approach from uh, Pennis and Cracker Jacks there. I just want to throw that out there for the Dodgers. What the hell are you talking about, man? Like, asking them to do something that they haven't done all year. Like, they just don't... They're not big in routine. Dude, that that Pennis and Cracker Jack thing, I, I know it's the Bears, but that's just gratuitous. Just don't need to mix that in. It's got Anyways, nothing... Anyways, that... All right, no, actually, I'll allow it. I take that back. It is the Bears. You're fine. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that Bears defense is It's good. not like you weren't going to do it. <laughs> Go ahead. But they're banged up. No Robert Quinn this uh, weekend. And against TB44, like we all know, you got to get him off those spots. This offense is explosive. They're averaging over 32 points a game. Now the Bucks are 2-4 and four against the spread this season, mm-hmm. but 6-1 and one in their last seven games following against the spread loss. That's in place here. Let's go Bucks minus 12 against Chicago. All right, so right there, we've got two double-digit spread games and you're going minus on both which is incredible like i know you head i know you i know you're looking for value now Mm -hmm. not that i fully trust the colts but i see them going to frisco i see jonathan taylor running wild man with authority snot bubbling fools i see carson wentz not trying to play hero ball i i know they're banged up too but i kind of like what i'm seeing I actually like these guys on the road if I get the right number. So tell me, what is the number, and how are you playing that game? I do love value, but it's so funny because this season I've been hitting so much chalk. It just makes so much sense to me. But right here, yes, I'm going value. I'm going Indy plus four right now, and I just like the points there. The 49ers are obviously coming off that bye, and Jimmy G is going to be their quarterback, but George Kittle isn't playing, and they are still banged up overall, Jim. And Wentz, he's slowly and quietly playing better ball. Indy might actually have something there, might being the key word, but he's been playing on two busted ankles, right, and behind a depleted line, and he's only he's thrown nine touchdowns and only one interception this year. Also, Indy as a whole, they haven't turned the ball over. They have the third fewest turnovers per game in the entire NFL, and they're the least penalized team in the NFL. And look, man, we're talking about revenge today, a couple games here, and DeForest Buckner, he might have something for the 49ers. And get this number for the spread in San Francisco. 
San Fran is 5-22-1 in their last 28 games as a home favorite. Let's go Colts plus four. I think it's a strong argument. I think I would love to go against you on any of these. And I love Shanahan, but man. Oh, I know you do, dude. You love that fam. You love that fam. Indy plus four. All right, well, looky here. What do you know? The Giants are dogs at home because, of course, they are and pretty much would be against anybody anybody in that league other than those slugs across town that they share that house with. This week's loss matchup is with Carolina. Pretty obviously, we know the Panthers are going to get to the quarterback. Pretty obviously, we know the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, is going to turn the ball over. That's what they do. That's what he does. Question is, what do you do, Head? What's the number here? What are you doing with it? So Ritz Panthers are minus two and a half right here, Jim. And it seems like since the uh, old man Ike sported his Panther gamer at work, I think they've lost every single game since then. So I'm going to go. Yeah, but he did make like five wardrobe changes in that within that. Right. (laughs) That is not cool. Right. Yeah, he did do that, too. And actually, Jim, I'm going to go with him here. He's going to break the streak here. Yes. I'm going to go Carolina minus two and a half. I think it's actually finally dawned on Matt Rule that a game plan might be be uh, best taking the ball out of Sam Darnold's hand and handing the football off. And I think the Panthers will probably do that this Sunday. The Panthers pass rush that you just said, too. Of course, that's the biggest difference. And the Giants could play right into their hands. Over the past three games, New York has thrown the ball more than every single team outside of Kansas City in the entire NFL. And if they do that Sunday, I love Carolina. Spread numbers. Also, Carolina is 4-0 and against the spread in their last four road games hmm. via team with a losing record. That's the Giants. And 8-1 and against the spread in their last nine road games. That's Bring in play here. Going Ritz-Panthers minus 2.5. And, and as always, Jim, Finally. if we don't cover that, tweet at the old man. He will be watching probably in a Jimmy Clausen gamer or something like that, and he'll re- respond accordingly. He'll be live tweeting, too, and it'll be unreadable, but he'll be all about it. He'll be doing <laughs> it. So tweet at the old man. I like Thank that you. pick, actually. I like it. I like that pick. Not because they're Ritz Panthers, but because they're going against the Giants. Minus two and a half. I like that. Finally, why don't we circle back Finally. to the other huge line. Incredibly, Head, there are three, three double digit, not one, not two, three double digit spreads this Sunday. And the last one has the Rams as enormous favorites against the Lions. Of course, the Rams are among the league elite. The Lions are among the league's worst. This would be your run-of-the-mill hospital job if not for that spicy storyline, Stafford v. Goff. That's right, Jared Goff is going to make his return to L.A. for the first time since getting run out of town and sent to the D. The fact is, Stafford has been everything the Rams thought that he would be, and Goff, unfortunately, has been everything Detroit should have known that he wouldn't be. I mean, head, if Stafford couldn't lead the Lions anywhere, how the hell was Goff going to? Anyway, we know it's going to be a curb stomping, but what is the number, and is there any way you would ride with Dan Campbell, Goff, and the Lions? Hell no on that one, Jim. And yes, um, you're right. It is a big number, but dude, I shopped these things, and I found a 14 and a hook at WinBet when most of these sites have around 16, 16 and a half, so I hit that thing right away. Explain what you mean by 14 and a hook. So 14 and a half, the hook is always that half, okay. half point on the end of that whole thing, which it's, I don't like it because it's after two touchdowns, right? But it's still better than 16 and a half. 
And that's what I found on WinBet this morning. So WinBet, baby. Oh, yes. What's that? I oh, said yeah. WinBet, baby. All right, go yep, ahead. Break yep, it down yep, for yep, me. There you go. Exactly. Um, so I hit that. It's another big one. It's the third big one I'm hitting. And I don't know. I just think it's interesting to see how Goff will play this week. It's odd to me that that maniac Dan Campbell puts him down and then praises Matt Stafford this week. Normally in uh, Goff's shoes, that person would be motivated, but th- that dude is like the most nonchalant guy I've ever seen in my life, so I don't There's even think that's going to help the Lions here. But overall, obviously, like you said earlier, we have a very talented football team versus a very untalented football team. Last week, the Rams were extremely balanced against the Giants. They could play that card if they want to. But I also could see Stafford picking apart that lean line secondary and get uh, and get off basically going against those guys. He is third in passing touchdowns, fourth in passing yardage, and second in passer rating already. His weapons have favorable matchups all everywhere, every single one of them. But for Detroit, their key I would say would be converting. You no, know dude, Grammar's got a favorable matchup against you. <laughs> Grammar's kicking your ass, dude. It always Win does. Throp. Go consistent. ahead, finish the, finish the thoughts. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Just playing. Uh, so for Detroit, their only way of winning this game would be converting those third downs against an average third down defense in L.A. and keeping that Rams on the bench, but I just don't see that happening. They haven't had a lot of success themselves, Detroit, there. I got Stafford and McVay getting over on Goff and the Maniac big time here. Minus 14 and a half. In Los Angeles, let's go Rams here. You know what? Really quickly, Head, it's interesting what you said about Dan Campbell being critical of Jared Goff. Mitchell Schwartz came on our podcast, the mm-hmm. Jim Rome podcast, and he made a point. We were talking about coaches. He said, guys don't like that. And it wasn't even in response to that particular issue. He's like, guys don't like coaches dragging them publicly. And I, we love mm-hmm. Dan Campbell because he says things that other guys wouldn't say. But I don't know if that's going to benefit Jared Goff. I mean, if you want to challenge a guy, challenge a guy. But... I just thought it was interesting that Mitchell Schwartz, I mean, and I know you're a big sh- Mitch Schwartz guy. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, they always try to shake up Jared, and he's just not a guy that shakes up and just kind of snaps into something like that. And, and Matt Campbell's kind of doing the same stuff that I think McVay kind of did, and the guy just doesn't respond to that. Matt Alvin, on the other hand, does. He was shook. You want to talk about a guy who shakes up. How about that? Did you watch that? Did you see the video of that from wherever you are? Oh, dude, I can't believe they got it. That's a big-ass roach, too, man. All right. So run this down really quickly if they're joining us late. And by the way, you, you're you good, but not that good. I can't believe you got 15 minutes. Break it down. You've got one, two, three, four, five games. Who do you have? I got Cardinals minus 17.5 against the Houston Texans. Colts plus four at San Francisco. Bucks at home minus 12 against the Bears. Ritz Panthers minus two and a half against the New York Giants in New York and the Rams minus 14 and a half against uh, Dan Campbell's Lions. Very chalky, but I like the picks. I like them a lot. I'm looking the only one that I'm looking a little sideways at and only for a second was Tampa Bay. But that's not that's not a green light for you to go back to Pennison Cracker money there. All right. Yeah. Wait, say it again. What? It's even on the money there. It's about a 51-49 split right now on the money. So a lot of people are seeing the same thing. 51 which way? Uh, last I saw, Bucks 51. All right. There you go. All right, Head. Have a great weekend. Good luck. All right, Jim. Thanks. Let's get paid. Good night now.